go K shit, go K shit, go K shit, go K shit. <laughs> shit, uncuffed. Episode numero Diaz. Yeah, man, let's do this. I guess you wonder why I said that in Espanol. Um, well, I'm about to tell you. So, you know, last night I get this uh, DM on Instagram from the the cat or the girl who regulates um, uh, this uh, site or uh, name, Barcelona Dragons uh, 1991. Uh, so they sent me this link, and when you open it up, it, it's this of uh, the documentary that highlights our um, our 1996 year in the World League. Um, from start of the season to the end, and um, it was fantastic. It brought up so many different memories uh, from just seeing all those young faces that I was out there competing with on the team, um, just big-name people who uh, that at, at one point they were big names in the uh, either college or NFL, and something just happened that derailed their career, and they were trying to get it jump-started again, so they headed on off to the uh, World League. Sound familiar? Uh, that was definitely my case. So um, just seeing those warriors' uh, faces again on that documentary, and not only were just were they uh, shown playing football, but they were out. We were out about in the community and um, embracing the love that we were receiving from the the uh, Spanish fans who knew nothing about. Uh, American football, all they know about is real football in their, in their words, uh, which is soccer. And um, they gave uh, American football a chance. And um, it was a great, great experience uh, being out there. Uh, taught me a lot of different things about uh, uh, the world, really. I mean, there's so much history in that uh, country anyway. Uh, Spain is a beautiful, beautiful um, place to go visit. And um, you know, it, it's what uh, regenerated my football career, and um, I will always uh, owe them a debt. And so, when they send me videos and messages here and there, just checking on me and seeing how I'm doing, it just—it really means a lot. And um, I can't wait to go back out there and and um, visit them. And and um, it sounds like they're having a reunion that they're going to be setting up back here soon, back there soon. So I hope to be able to go out there and kind of. Uh, see the stadium where we played and be around that culture again. It was a fantastic experience. Um, you know, and so uh, one of the things that, that, that I got out of it was my opportunity to play in, uh, in, back in the NFL in this particular time with the Oakland Raiders at that time. So um, there's a reason why I wanted to uh, lead with that is because it, it introduces who my guest is going to be today, the, the highly respected, highly esteemed, uh, very well, um, well-made individual uh, from the mindset to the tenacity, to the vision, to the, uh, just the generosity and good nature of it all. Uh, Miss Amy Trask, uh, who at the time was uh, an attorney, um, one of the, uh, uh, on the like the on the council for our the the Raiders at the time when I was there. That's where she started out, um, and then she worked her way up. But she was uh, the backbone of that organization for a lot of different reasons. Um, she kept it, she kept things calm in the craziest. In, in the most stressful situations, she was the face of, uh, of reason and the voice of reason. And, um, you know, Mr. Davis, Mr. Al Davis uh, had a plan in place when he made her the first female president or executive of an NFL team, of an NFL franchise uh, back in the days. And um, she, she excelled in her position like, like no other. And um, one of the things that, that she taught me, um, and you guys will get a chance to, to hear her words yourself, but one of the things that she taught me was uh, keeping it real, you know, um, having a personality that just stays true to yourself um, is so important, and, I, and, and I, can't, I can't stress that enough how important it is to, it, it, you know, as you continue on in life's trials and dealing with life's uh, different curveballs that are going to be thrown at you, 
you have to keep the same approach or same personality, you would think, uh, as you keep going forward. Uh, so, so I kind of took it and I kind of created my own like little form of, of, of that way of thinking. And I don't want to say that I don't like fake people. Uh, I just prefer being around people who know how to maintain their personality no matter what the situation is. You know, um, uh, you know there, there's many times when uh, at, at the, you know, at the police department where you would just, you would be joking around with the group of your, uh, you know, co-workers here and there. And then all of a sudden the, a supervisor would come by. And I know from, from my experience, cause I, I came up with that particular supervisor. I know his or her personality. They like to have fun and they like to joke too. Uh, we're we're at, we're in a safe environment. We're at the station. It's not like we're on scene where people are looking and people are watching. You know and critic you know critical of our, how we're acting. You know we can be loose and we can kind of be real people. So if we're talking about um, you know the Raiders football game and you know what what call Gruden made or or what he said afterwards to the reporters because he was mad at something you know that's funny stuff and that's cool stuff so i know for a fact that 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 same supervisor or in this particular case the chief would always come up and ask me hey kenny so uh, the raiders going to win this weekend or, you know or, what's going on here you know and we would spend a, however many minutes or whatever talking about the team and what was going on. And I'd throw in a story here and there. But then I'd tell them how uh, I felt that the game was going to be tough for these these reasons. And I know for a fact that Chief loved to hear about that stuff. I mean, it was a way for him to connect with uh, uh, just another one of his uh, employees here at the at the place, you know. And, and um, I knew that from me growing up. In the police department, I had that person as a supervisor, as a sergeant. I had him as a lieutenant. I had him as a uh, as captain, and his personality pretty much maintained that same type of jovial, uh, uh, you know, very friendly uh, demeanor. But he also had the same uh, expectations that you were going to go out there and do your job when you did leave the station and you were out and about and you were with the community to handle yourself with. Uh, with dignity and pride and don't do anything to embarrass the police department. That's, that's how he was. But at the, you know, when it was time to relax and all that stuff, he wanted to play around and have fun and talk whatever with the, with his uh, other employees. So in this particular case, I'm sitting there with the, one of the other uh, employees, obviously I'm not going to say that person's name. And um, we're joking around about the, about the, about the, uh, what Gruden said one time. <laughs> It was super funny. Um, if, if I can remember it, <laughs> this is what happened. So I guess the Raiders played uh, against uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs one time, and um, and so basically the bus driver. Uh, I can't remember exactly how the story went, but the bus driver did did like a lap, or he took his time, or whatever, getting him to the getting him to the stadium, or something like that. And uh, Gruden took a exception to that. He didn't. He didn't like that. And he brought it up. And um, you know, the bus driver had some smart, smart aleck a remark back, which was so unprofessional and stuff. But it just shows you the type of uh, just uh, the silliness that comes with uh, the the AFC rival teams and stuff like that. Especially the Chiefs. You know, their their fans are so nasty to deal with. I, I've been to. I used to sneak down there to the uh, the tailgates that they would have before the games and stuff like that, and I'm in regular street clothes and stuff, and just hearing how they talked about the Raiders was something else. You had mayors and all those people, government officials, getting up there talking about, we're going to kick those devil's butts and, you know, <laughs> calling us all kinds of names and stuff. It was crazy, but also at the same time, it's like, man, let me get out of here before they realize that I'm, I am one of those guys that they're talking about. Um, I would just make them pay the next day on the field. So anyway, um, but I guess this bus driver said something that was so disrespectful to uh, Gruden and Gruden's team, and he didn't like that. And so he remembered it. So when the, uh, the, the Raiders played the Chiefs again, I think either the following year, 
Um, <laughs> they had their bus driver do a victory lap around the stadium, around their parking lot. It was classic. It was classic. And the, the Chiefs fans were hot. The media just totally just went after them for doing that and stuff. And I just had a blast telling that story. Um, you know, because I, that's, you know, I, I support a lot of things, obviously, what uh, Coach Gruden did. Uh, he's a really good coach, obviously made some uh, bad decisions and stuff. Um, um, but when it really came down to it, he's trying to win a game and he's going to have his teams back to, to do whatever they have to do to win that game. So he did not like that in the slightest. And he paid him back. And it was great. And I was just like... Uh, yeah, okay, maybe I was a little bit more excited and uh, jazzed up uh, uh, as as the others because as I'm telling that story, I envision myself being right there on that bus just freaking just pointing and laughing and throwing up all kinds of signs, F, F you guys to the fans. And, you know, it would have been a great, great moment to be a part of and stuff. And, uh, yeah, that was all part of the NFL. And um, But the others... Uh, who I was talking to, the Raider fans, so they love hearing this this story too. And it's a great, great moment. All of a sudden, the chief comes into the room and he's like, hey, what are you guys up to? And I say, hey, chief, I'm just talking about the t about Gruden. Did you did you see in the news what he what he did and what he said? Because I guess they talked to Gruden afterwards and it was like, well, um, you tell, well, he said something like, well, the reason why I did that was because Anytime you have a bus driver think he's Mr. Funny Guy and going to go all slow when we're trying to get to the stadium for a freaking very important game and he's going to take his own time doing a like little victory lap, sometimes you just got to do the same thing back. And I thought that was classic. And uh, uh, Chief's like, huh, cool. And I'm just like, man, it just reminded me of the Hell Week. Remember Hell Week, Chief? And he's just like, well, Hell Week? I'm just like, yeah, remember when every time the Chiefs would play the Raiders, you would always burn something red? And I guess I'm getting too far into it and all that stuff. And I'm looking at the Chief. He has this look, and he's looking like on the people at the people behind me. And I can see out the, out the corner of my eye, they had backed up, and they're like raising their hands. Like, we don't know what he's talking about. And it's like, uh, uh, so apparently... I'm not supposed to be talking about burning red uh, stuff with the chief right there. That's inappropriate. And I'm just like, wait a minute. We were just talking about this like two, three minutes ago. And I know the chief would love hearing these stories. What are you guys doing? And uh, I'm just like, and, you know, okay. That's people's choices to not embrace the moment. But I can guarantee you that was a missed opportunity uh, for people who might not be considered uh, good old boys or part of the good old boy network, who uh, the chief fits right into that mode as well. So he just goes around and he talks to people how they come at him. You know, he's that professional and that's his job. He just has to relate to everybody at, at his department and make sure everybody's doing good. And just, you know, like I said, when he's able to he wants to just be chill and just be one of the boys and be one of the guys and that's was a great great moment to 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 make that happen but it was a missed opportunity and um uh, it was an awkward moment uh how it ended up and chief's like well, well yeah i don't know anything about hell week but uh you guys uh take care i'm like all right chief uh take care bill and i look and i once they left and they went back like hey so what did gruden say again i was like shut up I'm not talking about this anymore. I was so mad at those those guys for acting like that. You know, you just have to have that. I, I, I get it. I get it. Um, some people just prefer to have a sense of professionalism that uh, doesn't uh, uh, cross the borders. And they they rather play it safe uh, when it comes to certain things. I guess there's, a, there's certain protocols at the police department. I, and I get it. But all I can say is that I, I was a police officer for many more years than those guys were at the moment. And I can tell you, I haven't seen anything that would remotely symbolize that you would get in trouble for talking to your either supervisor or your watch commander or your chief in a way uh, that's social and 
uh, very engaging, especially when that chief is wanting to be spoken to that way. I've never seen anything come back to bite or where you say, it's just, you, you have to have enough confidence in your abilities to talk and have that uh, ability to communicate anyway. Just don't say anything that you wouldn't say to anybody else in any other freaking situation. That's, that's as simple as that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I remember when we first got cameras, the, the uh, PVRSs, the cameras that are attached to your, your front of your uniform to capture everything out there, um, it, was, it went through a trial phase at, at first. And then, um, you know, so a few of the officers and uh, supervisors here and there started wearing them. And, you know, they, you, you would be told, hey, be mindful because we're going to be testing these out. And, um, you know, so we can uh, we're going to be going to all department wise uh, in part of our policy here soon. But we're just, uh, you know, uh, uh, troubleshooting it all to make sure we got it all together. And so, so be mindful of what you're saying. And so I remember one time we were uh, end of a shift or whatever or saw one of the people who had uh, a camera on and um, they started, so how's everything going? I said, well, we just got done coming out of a lineup where, you know, our one of the captains came in and, you know, chose to give uh, an award, an attaboy award to somebody who's not even on our shift uh, who did something that wasn't that spectacular, and it just was kind of like, a, I, we, we thought it was a slap in the face that, that he would come down to our lineup where this is our shift, and this other person that he acknowledged doesn't even work, he's not working that shift, he's like um, vacation to relief or whatever, or he's just there working for somebody, and then he chose to pick that day to come down there and have the guy come up and give him a ward and all that stuff, and you know, and it, I, just, I just thought that was very tacky. And so uh, as I'm talking, the same person I'm talking about who had the cameras, like, you know, waving me to stop talking. And I said, you know, I don't care. I, I, I don't care if it, he does hear this or she does hear this. All right, so I'm cover myself. I don't care whoever hears this and stuff. I would say the same thing to that particular person. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I thought it was tacky. I, and it was... Uh, you know, maybe I just was senior and I just know that, that, that you have the ability to say how you feel as long as you say it in a very respectful way. I wasn't saying it in a disrespectful way. That's just how it happened. Uh, I would have preferred uh, that if this person was going to be acknowledged for his hard work, do it on a different shift or, you know, this was my shift and I know our people work our butts off to maintain the integrity and take care of our... Um, uh, our beats and, um, you know, handle our calls appropriately. Um, I, may, I just thought that maybe that captain thought that we were, we needed to step up our game and this was a way to kind of light fires under us or something like that. But I, you know, I, like I said, I was one of the senior guys and I didn't think that that was appropriate. So all I did was just say, take advantage of the opportunity uh, to some command staffers to say, hey, look, can you, can you guys not do that? I mean, it's just, it's, you're talking about building morale. That definitely doesn't build morale when we get kind of slapped in the face like that. And so I've always built that type of personality where um, I, if I'm going to say it, I'm going to be comfortable saying it in front of that person, in front of this person. You know, there's nothing really for me to hide uh, because if you're really going to actually talk about uh, you know, solving, solving the problem or working something out that works best for everybody. How in the heck are you going to be able to do it if nobody's able to talk to each other or communicate with each other and you only talk about the good stuff and not the bad stuff? So, um, you know, that's all I'm saying. You know, feel comfortable in your abilities to communicate. And that's one thing that uh, I, I'm quite sure that I was able to gather and, and gain from my time uh, with Oakland, not only from uh, me being um, uh, taught the arts of the world from Mr. Davis, but uh, you know his uh, his his partner, uh, Miss Amy Trask, was just as as confident, just as qualified um, at, at, at her position. She ended up um, going up the up the ladder from uh, lawyer to, um, so advice council or whatever it's called, to um, uh, head CEO. 
and just did a fantastic job. I remember being uh, at certain some games and stuff like that where a uh, few of us complained about the hotel's room. Some of the rooms didn't have uh, uh, amenities right. Some didn't have heat. Some the TV didn't work working. And I, I went down there uh, to complain and all that stuff. And, and, and Amy just happened to be down there just, just ripping into the, the, you know, the, the managers about the, some of the uh, problems at the hotel. And I come in and I said, well, my TV's not working. And she's like, yeah, you hear that? There's another room we're not paying for. And she just ripped it. I was like, all right, I, I, okay. I think it's going to be all handled um, because you got it to um, the right person. And she put a lot of pride in her work. Uh, community people loved her. Um, uh, she was the face of the organization. And, um, you know, even when I uh, went off to uh, play, or I'm sorry, to uh, don the police uniform and uh, she would always, always give me respect if I called her up for anything. Uh, she was right there. Um, she was one of the first to uh, send me money for uh, to sponsor my trading cards as a police officer. You know, uh, everybody gets the opportunity to to get their photo taken if that's what you want, if you want to get the trading card. And then you have your own like little saying on the back, and then um, you can have uh, the whoever sponsored you have their logo on there as well, and um, to give accolades to those people. So my trading cards had me uh, standing out in front of the police car, um, in out at the uh, San Leandro Marina, looking all cool and all that stuff, looking like a young rookie. And then in the back uh, is the Raiders logo. Um, saying sponsored by the silver and black and it was it was cool that was all part of Amy's what she did to the, brought to the table uh, she would uh, send me emails saying hey can you help us out they would have like uh, 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 functions where they were trying to uh, like what it was got first and goal I believe was some of the different programs you go there and you'd be part of the coaches uh, staff and then um, they would have like these uh, gatherings up in um, up in the East Club or East West Club at the time at the Coliseum. And then, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people who, who aren't very familiar with the NFL rules and all that stuff, you know, you get a chance, they get a chance to ask questions, you watch film, and then you kind of go through some really cool stuff. And all this were programs that Amy uh, pushed for and um, uh, wanted to really connect with the community. I know she was in instrumental in when it came time to you know try to negotiate a new stadium, all these different things is where where Amy came into play to try to do everything she could to uh, you know maintain the team in Oakland. It just I mean when you're dealing with a, a city that's structured the way it is as far as like it's a political system, it's it's a nightmare. And um, but I remember speaking with her and. Um, she was not hesitant to explain how much they would love to sit down again and have another meeting with the, the with the uh, you know the, the city staff to try to talk out an agreement or arrangement for the team. Now, I, I, I've already said that that Amy kept it real. So um, you might have your, uh, your your doubters or whatever saying that the that the team did the didn't do much to try to work with the organization or the, with the city of uh, uh, Oakland to try to stay and that, that's BS. I know for a fact that they did and um, it just it just didn't work out. Um, and you know when we get her on the phone to be able to kind of talk and kind of you know learn some more about her, um, I'm gonna try to ask her if she can tell me uh, what happened because uh, all of a sudden, you know, she's she's there, main person, CEO in control of pretty much all operations. And then uh, next thing you know, she made the decision that it was time to retire. I have my own personal beliefs of what happened uh, just just because I, uh, you know, I saw the same type of element in the NFL. Uh, it doesn't matter as at some point, somebody below you or whatever is going to want what you have. And they're going to go through great lengths and stoop to all kinds of levels to steal it from you or take it from you. And you have to make the decision. Do you compromise your morals and values as an as a individual um, and you know, play these uh, underhanded, shady games that whoever else is playing? Um, or do you just say, hey, look, 
Um, I can, I'm not going to stoop to that level. If, if you're going to play these type of games, then you're going to have to do it uh, without me here. That's what I think, but we'll see. Um, she made a fantastic uh, statement when I talked to her and I asked her, I'm like, hey, are you cool talking about this or that? She was like, I'll tell you what, if I don't want to answer the question, I'll just politely not answer the question. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. So um, here we go. We're about to get ready. I'm uh, about to um, go to break. And when we come back, we're going to have Miss Amy Trask, former CEO of the Oakland Raiders, now one of the co-chairs of the Big Three uh, Basketball League, along with uh, several big-name peoples as well. Uh, she's also, uh, uh, you know, works with several NFL networks as far as, like, as being a commentator. And um, every time she talks... Uh, it, she brings up some brilliant, brilliant thoughts that has everybody in that uh, room, in that panel, just sitting back and just listening. It's the same type of stuff that, that you would expect from having a conversation with Mr. Al Davis. So um, I think she's, she's learned from the best and she maintains that title um, of uh, top executive in the NFL right now. And I, and I believe that there's still more things she plans on doing here in the future. So, guess what, guys? We're going to keep it going, and um, we'll be coming back here real soon. K-Shed, Uncuffed, Episode 10. We'll be back. K-Shed, Uncuffed. It brings me great, great pleasure to introduce you guys to, by far, one of my favorite people ever, uh, she means a lot to me in so many different ways, um, just because of the strength that she carries uh, on a daily basis. And even still, she's right in the thick of this NFL thing, uh, teaching everybody about the proper ways to do this, the proper way to, to think, the proper ways to set up a team. And uh, a lot of these panelists and these NFL uh, analysts, they're sitting there uh, like they're speaking with like one of the Beatles members, you know, uh, listening and just like, oh, my God, in awe. Miss um, Amy Trass brings so much to the table. Everybody, here's my best friend right here. Go ahead, Amy. How are you? Kenny, I am so honored and so delighted to join you. I really am. I will use my mother's expression. I am tickled pink to join you for this conversation, and I'm smiling ear to ear. Mm. I will never, ever, ever think of you without thinking of that game in 1997. You chased Billy Joel Tolliver out of the end zone, got the safety. I think there were like two or three minutes left in the game. It was just before the two-minute warning, and you returned a fumble 25 yards. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Thank you forever. Uh, you know what? Thank you. I was highly motivated. Um, and it sounds strange and you probably won't believe it, but I, I was I was definitely jazzed by looking up into like the boxes where I knew like you and Mr. Davis were watching down at us and saying, how do I keep those guys happy with my performance? You know, I mean, you guys were the perfect uh, uh, one two punch when it come to when it came to like a. Uh, administrative type decisions and player personnel. Uh, you, my friend, I think you could have been a coach. You could have been a scout. You could have been. Oh, you're very, very <laughs> And I will tell you one more thing for your listeners about that game. Yeah. We beat the Falcons by yeah. five points. Well, you got the safety for two. You returned the fumble for, uh, for I think it was like a 25-yard fumble re uh, return. Um yeah. Thank you. Um, there's five points, but yeah. as to being a coach, there were times I would say during games to Al, something would be happening on the field, and I would just say, I want to go down there, and I want to do this, and I want to, and at first he'd like smile, and he'd say, okay, and then he'd say, don't do it, and, he, and he'd stop me at that last minute, so I never did run down the field. You had a plan, huh, when you got down there. Yeah, you know, and were you seeing the same things that I was seeing, like that unfairness from the refs and all these different ghost calls and stuff? You know, 
I had a different view on that than Al did. He didn't agree with me. I know that a lot, a lot of Raider fans don't agree with me. But I always cited to Al um, Hanlon's razor. And I did this in the business context a a lot with respect to things that the league did Hmm. that Al would say, look, they're out to get us. Look what they've done again. And Hanlon's razor teaches us never attribute to mendacity that which can be explained by incompetence and you know so sometimes there were things done by officials on the league that every uh, on the field that people jumped to say that was you know they're out to get us they're out to get us and i would say or else that was just a really incompetent call so yeah um you know i never really bought into the conspiracy theory and al and i had you know stern strenuous loud disagreements on that um and then I would say, and, and he would agree with me on this, that even assuming for the moment he was right, uh-huh. then the answer is you just need to be better than everybody else. Wow. We <laughs> just need to be better than anybody who feels they're in the position where they are not being treated, you know, where there's officiating bias, where calls are going against them. Okay, be better. Be better than everyone. Yeah. Wow. Not that that's you know easy for me to say, right? Well, no, I, I, that's it's kind of cut and dry as that. I wish it was, I wish that was the case, and you know, it, I wish it, sometimes obviously adrenaline uh, kind of gets you to do stuff. I mean, like I, it's easy for me to say that now, uh, you know, sitting there watching the games and like, come on, man, why did you? That was a late hit. What are you doing? Of course, you're gonna throw the flag, but okay. what? Yeah. Let me make this clear because I just gave a whole, you know, the way I talked to Al about let's not assume it's bias, let's assume it's incompetent. It was a fumble. You know, I'm glad you went there because I have that circle with us. One of my big questions because uh, it sounded like um, uh, a couple uh, analysts were uh, uh, asking you that and you went in great detail and in depth as far as like 100% that was a fumble. Remember, and, and boy, now you're getting me all hit up. Well, I'm trying to. Let's do it. It was, it was, it was a fumble. But the other thing is, the standard of review was, it had to be, you know, unequivocal. It, it, there could be no doubt whatsoever. If you were going to overturn that, it had to be clear and convincing. It had to be obvious. It had to be, you know, I forget the exact words at the time because I'm getting myself all worked up. But there's no <laughs> way anyone will ever convince me that there was anything clear and convincing about that evidence. Yeah. Uh, wait, as far as like it, it, it not being a fumble? No, my point was it was overturned. Yeah. And in order to overturn... Got it, all, got it, got you it. You had to have absolutely dispositive evidence. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you just hit it right there. I mean, so on that particular case, sound like you're going to give the exception. Yeah, they're out to get us in that one. <laughs> Um, and we, we can have that whole thing. And, and I, I guess I will, in a very, very serious note, make this point because a lot of times people jump on me and say, you know, Amy, you make the point it was a fumble. Because it was. Um, you know, get over it. Get over it. I what? Said, you know, that's the fun of sports. Yeah. The fun of sports is we don't have to get over things. We can argue good naturedly in the spirit of sportsmanship, in good fun. Yeah. There's a lot of things in life we need to get over. Well, that's the fun of sports. We don't need to get over things as long as we are good sports about it. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, it doesn't get raised up and no one's fighting. You know, right. you're right. Even even Tom Brady is being is silly about the whole thing now. I don't know if you saw that video he made this about a month or so back. He's like, oh, by the way, guys. And he looks left and right. He's like, I think it was a fumble. <laughs> well, um, I did see it. Yeah. And, you know, he got a lot of pushback from that, and then he walked it back. What? And, you know, oh, I know I know it's a standard. It was incontrovertible visual evidence, and oh. that was my point about that. Even if you want to argue, and I'm not saying you do, even if someone wants to argue about whether they believe it was a fumble or not, it was ruled a fumble. Yeah. Tell me where the incontrovertible visual evidence is. Now, this girl went to law school, and yep. I'm telling you, that didn't meet that standard of proof. I knew that that was going to, you were going to find the exact verbiage because yeah, your lawyer background. <laughs> I did, um, I did see the Brady thing and, and he did walk that back. I think he took a lot of flack for that. Um, oh. But, you know, I'll say it again. People who want to say, and, and people do shout it, you know, get over it, get over it. That's the fun 
of sports. We don't need to get over things the way we do in other parts of our life. And I will say again, uh-huh. as long as when we were having these discussions, we are doing it in good fun and good spirit and the spirit of sportsmanship. Have fun. Oh, wow. Here, here, Miss Trash. Hey, hey, so is that a... You know, I mean, obviously you learn uh, some some solid uh, uh, information in, uh, in regards to law and, uh, the, you know, you're a great uh, speaker. Um, I'm kind of curious, how did you end up in uh, at University of Berkeley from uh, the L.A. area? Well, you know, I, I will always remember sitting around the table with my mom and dad and my dad said, you know, it's time to start thinking about college. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go to Berkeley and I'm going to live at school. And he looked at me and said, no, you're going to do what your brother and sister did. And you're going to go to UCLA and you'll live at home for your first year. And I said, no, I'm going to go to Berkeley and I'm going to live at school. And back and forth and back and forth and back and forth we went. But I just had my heart set on Berkeley and it was a wonderful place for me to be. Oh, wow. and, and I loved it. Oh, wow. I, I You know, I... Um... I just got a chance to actually kind of drive through the uh, the campus there, and I didn't even know uh, where the football stadium was until I almost ran over the side into it because it like sits right there in the middle of campus, and it's kind of like it just pops up on you, right? Was that a Strawberry Canyon? Is that yeah, what it's called? It's beautiful. It's it's absolutely a beautiful, beautiful location. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, you know, and then you went to my. My favorite school, um, I've always dreamt about uh, playing for U, uh, UC, uh, USC. Um, how, what was that like? How is Northern Iowa not your favorite school? <laughs> and by the way, I think I should call your alma mater and say Kenny just dissed you on his podcast. <laughs> if you'd like to make a call. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, it's, well, it's funny that you that you said that because... The reason why I ended up in Northern Iowa is because those cats took me out one night to said, hey, uh, come join us for a, a, a visitation. And then they took me out and I partied my butt off with those guys and woke up the next morning like, oh, heck yeah, I'm going here. Now, that was my reasoning. Did we just let a little secret out of the bag? Hey, do you know what the name of my podcast is? Case Yet Uncut. I couldn't have said this when I was a cop, but I'm not a cop anymore. Okay, well, and by the way, I was going to at some point during this discussion compliment you on the creative name of your podcast because having gone from football into policing and i don't even like the word policing because it shouldn't be a gerund it should be like a noun i don't know we won't get into parts of speech but into the police force ah, um and, and there's that? nothing wrong with people who like the word policing i'm just a grammar girl and it bugs me when people sort of do that so that aside <laughs> i want to tell you how really 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 neato i think it is that you you did just what you did and and had the, went on to have the off-field career that you did um, and I thought it was just really creative that you named your podcast as you did. Very clever. It it just came about, too. I just, uh, you know, uh, Nisha and I were just playing with the camera. And, and I said, okay, let's just hang the jersey up. And, you know, and then I'm going to hold something. And I'm just like, oh, me, there was an old pair of cuffs. I'm just hand me those right quick. And we just made it up on the fly. It's, and, it's terrific. It's just it's yeah. just a perfect play on words. Well, well, thank you. And uh, you know, uh, twenty years, and um, you know, I still got big plans, and um, you're still doing big things, right? Even to this day, how how do you have that type of energy? I, what, what was that? Um, gosh, I forget what it was. Um, <laughs> that movie where the guy says, "I'm not dead yet." Oh. Uh, Come on, what, what was that movie? I'm it not was dead um, yet. Well, we'll think of it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even a movie I really liked. Uh, <laughs> it sounded like it was a I'm, Sean I'm, Connery movie. I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm doing things. Um, I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun. There may be more fun things to come, and whatever adventure is next, I look forward to. Oh, man. So, big three, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's still freaking killing it right now. I, I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I want, uh, uh, but let me ask you about Big Three now. But I wanted to ask you, uh, so we have to come back to that because I'm hoping you'll be able to answer me uh, as far as like what happened to the stadium issue down in L.A.? How come the whole new stadium didn't happen down in L.A. the first time? But, you know, everything seemed like it was all in place, right? That is a... Uh long, long, long 
discussion, perhaps better for another day. Okay. But I will say there, there, were, there were obstacles thrown in our path. There were issues that arose. But I also know that it was in Al's heart to bring the team back to Oakland. He oh, had a very, yeah. very special connection with Oakland. And at the end of the day, that is what he chose to do. Meaning coming back to Oakland. Right, from Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I was at, I was, uh, you know, I wasn't with the team when he moved it from Oakland to L.A. I was with the organization when he moved it from Los Angeles back to Oakland. Yep. And yes, there were business obstacles in the way of completing the deal in Los Angeles. Kind of, in my view, not even worth going into them because it never happened. Yeah. Uh, but I will say that it also was in his heart to move back to Oakland. He loved that market. Oh, I know. Um, I'm not a, uh, you know, I, I, I have the pleasure of saying that I, um, I was all Oakland. Um, I, I don't think that I would have liked LA and that's the reason why I was kind of asking to kind of see, you know, I mean, uh, overall was, you know, was it a good experience? I talked to some of the guys, some of the guys who might've been more into movies and all that stuff thought it was good because of the Hollywood being down there. But, um, you know, overall, I don't know if the, the, the fan experience was, uh, you know, the c connection between the fans and the players, uh, you know, was, was the best because sometimes they, the, the stands were bare. Uh, and it depends, as you just noted, it depends on who you ask as to whether they thought it was a good experience or not. Yeah. L.A. is a very, very different type of market. You've got a lot of things, you know, you've got right now, you've got two football teams, which you did when the Raiders and the Rams were both in town. Now it's the Rams and the Chargers. You've got mm -hmm. two baseball teams. You've got two basketball teams. Now you've got soccer and women's soccer and hockey and yeah. It, you've got the beach and you've got the mountains and look the bay area is a crowded market as well but la is just a different kettle of fish yeah well said well yeah i mean the the experience in oakland was was a blessing and um you know i mean i and, and i was i was speaking to the, the the audience earlier as far as like uh i know uh the executive staff uh, did everything they could to uh, get a new stadium in, in oakland um Again, a very, very long discussion. Yeah. I, I thought that there could have been a deal in Oakland. Obviously, I was gone yeah. and, and was not working on it at the time. And ultimately, ownership decided to move the team. And now that chapter has been written. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I had the, the pleasure of saying that I was there. And um, I remember some of the conversations we would have as far as like, uh, um, you know, because I was part of the Save Oakland sports team. If you if you remember, and um, so I I can speak for you. I know that the that the executive team uh, did everything they could from the very at, at the very beginning to uh, work with the city of Oakland, and um, like I said, yeah, it just it it, did, it ran its course, and um, yeah. So and and they got a really good thing going down to Las Vegas. Do you plan on going to any games at all? Well, I work on Sundays now, and I work on you know so. It's going to be logistically dependent. I have not been down to any. I have seen the stadium. It is a magnificent, magnificent building. I don't know that I'll go to any games down there. I'm now on the advisory uh, team for the East-West Shrine Bowl, and that game wow. will be in that stadium. So oh. even if I don't make it there for an NFL game, I, I should be there for the Shrine Bowl. Um, and, you know, it is a magnificent, magnificent stadium. And I'm often asked, mm -hmm. you know, what my thoughts are about the move. And what I try to explain to people, and it often doesn't resonate, perhaps I don't explain it well enough, is my views are not mutually inconsistent. I can believe both huh. of these things. I do believe both of these things. I feel them strongly. For those fans yeah. who are thrilled with the move and are excited to join the team in Vegas and watch the team in Vegas, I'm delighted for them. And yeah. for those fans who are in the Bay Area and whose hearts are broken, or in some mm. instances whose hearts are broken for the second time, my heart is with them. In other words, it's not mutually exclusive for me to be heartbroken for the fans who are heartbroken and delighted for the fans who are delighted. Those things aren't mutually exclusive. Not, here's a you little can't do secret. It. Not everything in life is mutually exclusive. That was, I get it. Everything you just said just was almost like I feel the exact same way, you know. Um, 
You know, you can be happy for the fans that are happy, and you can be sad for the fans that are sad, and I am both. It, it, I agree. And, you know, one thing that was comforting for me is that uh, um, just recently, after reading in the, in the, in the you know, the on, online or whatever, there was some news uh, clips going around that the Raiders uh, organization was uh, in dysfunction and all these different things. Um, and I go down there. Uh, my own, I, 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 you know, unexpectedly, it wasn't like I was part of like the, any uh, event or anything like that. I got myself down there because I wanted to just kind of see. So I go and I get a tour of the place and I, you know, I obviously have uh, good friends who are still there and I, you know, they take me around, they show me the new facility and all that stuff. And I left out of there and like, there's nothing wrong with this, this organization. They are a well-oiled machine. I can go back to uh, the Bay Area and know that they have something going on and blossoming down in Las Vegas. Um, and then and to, to, to your point, I was just watching the game, uh, one of the first preseason games down in Oakland off uh, Jack London Square and having a blast with the Oakland Raider fans who were watching their team play. It was, it was mind-blowing how exciting it is both places, you know, but it's As tough. We said, not mutually exclusive. Yeah. But, you, but I'm sure that we're going to make it work and um, – who knows? Who knows how everything's going to play out? And uh, but I, I, I I'm, it looks like that 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 uh, this Las Vegas chapter so far starting out on, even though that there was a couple bumps in the road as as far as like uh, uh, some um, personnel decisions and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I those those are shocking because you, you, I knew those those people, and um, it's unfortunate. Those are you know those are instances that just it just didn't work out how they thought. I'm sure. It's going to be an interesting division to watch this year, as you well know. Uh -huh. uh, I think the AFC West is the best division in the NFL across the board. I mean, there are certainly good teams in other divisions. But when you look at the AFC West, any one of those teams can win the division. And any one of those teams can advance deeply within the playoffs. Now, of course, that presupposes, as you well know, <laughs> that there are no key injuries, no injuries to key players. We all know it's a game of seconds. It's a game of inches. And at any moment, there can be a tragic, uh, really oh, no. season-determinative injury. Putting that aside, it's any one of those teams' division, any one of the teams in that division can win it. Mm. And what's interesting to me is that because teams within a division spend so much of the season beating up on one another, it is possible you will have a team from the AFC West not make the playoffs and lesser teams from other divisions make it. Whoa. Okay. I, I could see that. But I mean, Denver? Come on now. Seriously? Denver? You think Denver's in the mix? I think the world of Russell Wilson I have for eons. I have said for, for innumerable years that I think he's a tremendous quarterback. Um, I'm excited to see what he does in Denver where they are giving him a say and a role in determining what that offense is and building it to best suit him. I think we're going to see an exciting Russell Wilson. I am a big Russell Wilson fan. I agree. Um, it's just hard for me to um, get the, the vision of that uh, game uh, where we went out there and it was snowing and then the refs let the let those the, the fans throw snowballs oh, and we ice balls. Okay, we're going to talk about the snowball game before we wrap up at some point. Let me just tell you something. Yeah. I'm the girl who followed Lincoln Kennedy into the stands because I'm walking off the field. Lincoln's ahead of me. Uh-huh with snowballs that was not okay with me i see lincoln going into the stands and for those listeners who don't know i'm a little smaller than lincoln kennedy <laughs> like, you know just a tad well i think well i'm gonna go in and protect lincoln kennedy i've got lincoln's back i'm gonna protect lincoln lincoln's probably five times my size um, but I went right in those stands after him, and I, there's people from the team, players, coaches, yelling, Amy, Amy, get come back, and they're trying to grab me out of the stand. I remember that snowball incident. Yeah. It still makes me all mad. It does, and it, it was, you know, I mean, I, it was unfortunate because it's a vision that you can't, it's hard to get out of your head because uh, Lincoln Kennedy is one of the most uh, uh, well-respected football players who who has a, a, an ability to stay calm under all conditions. Oh, boy. But he I, get. I, it is my goal at some point to get Lincoln to you know take a role in helping fix the things that need to be fixed in society as a whole. He is so smart, 
and he stays calm and he's he's absolutely right he's the last person you would expect but they were pelting him yeah snowballs and it was my job to protect him so i like to think i did (laughs) i could totally i was right there with you um you know there's been several times where and then so there's denver uh it's hard for me to to kind of give them too too much and then um uh you know kansas city obviously and then um you know it it, 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 i i try to give them the respect and stuff but one thing i can say about the raiders if and it sounds like if you look at their preseason uh games so far that they are limiting the the mental mistakes, and it goes back to what you were saying before. You we they have to play better, um, you know, and not get flagged, not make those stupid penalties and stuff. Because one hundred percent, the ref is going to throw the flag if these guys limit their penalties, and that's a uh, that's what the, the the new coach is bringing to the table. He's he's punishing these guys for making stupid mental mistakes, and I probably that probably should have been done a while ago, in my opinion, you know. And stay healthy. I mean, look, there's a good quarterback on every one of the four teams in in that division. Um, you know, people will rank the four quarterbacks differently, but at the end of the day, those are four very good quarterbacks. You know, each team has to hope its quarterback stays healthy the entire season. And I think I was about to say Oakland. I should have to put a money in a jar every time I do that. Um, it's I okay. sometimes say San Diego instead of I do too. Um, but <laughs> I think that the Raiders' defense is going to be very improved um, this year. I think they've done a lot to improve the defense, and that should be exciting. Oh, my goodness. I agree. Um, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, before I uh, forget, there's a, a, you know, there was a shout-out that uh, one of the business owners out in Napa, uh, Miss Katie Schaefer, who owns uh, Feast It Forward, it's like this elaborate winery that has everything out there. It's like a mix of a... A live studio where they do a live cooking show down below is a is a is a tasting room and um, and bar and tasting room and on other the sides there's like a lounge where people can kind of do night uh, nights uh, uh, tastings and stuff as well uh, they got like a blue blues bar there and um, uh, Katie and I uh, we I've been out there a couple different times and stuff we were, we were talking about working together on some different projects and stuff but she remembers you from the the Napa days and she wanted me to uh, uh, tell you hi and she misses you wow well I'll give her my very 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 best of course I remember that she was a soccer player oh. before jumping into Feast It Forward if I'm correct about that I think that I am I bet you um, are. And please give her my best and wish her my best. I yeah, I I I 100 I'm I'm guessing you're right on that one. <laughs> hey, um, can I ask you a question? It's a lawyer question. Okay. All right. Uh, it's kind of a loaded question too. I'm ready. All right. So you've heard of uh, race norming, right? Correct. <laughs> How in the heck could something like race norming get? Included in the settlement that comes with the uh, concussion lawsuit for the NFL uh, uh, players. Now, I can't confirm or deny whether or not I'm a, I'm a part of that or not, but it's amazing to me that that uh, a, a group of lawyers on the other side could not see something like that being implemented and would would uh, put a stop to it right off the bat. It didn't happen. Um. I couldn't say that any better than you did. I would use a worse word than heck, but I won't say it on the podcast. I started to. You said how in the heck, I would say how in the something else. Yeah. And I I don't know how that, I don't know how someone didn't object to that. First of all, it should never have happened to the point where someone needed to say, hey, this is not okay. It should never have been put in. It shouldn't have required someone to say this is not okay because it is wrong, 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 wrong. It never should have been in there. Finally, it's out of there but it never, ever, ever should have been in there. It's very hurtful, you know. It's, it's just, it's, it's heinous. Yeah. Horrific. Ever. All the bad words I can think of with age. Horrible, horrific, heinous. I'll think of more H words. Racist? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going with H words, but it just, it's... H words. Um, it never should have been in there. It never should have required someone having to say, hey, what the hell is this in here for? Yeah. But someone then, once it was in there, should have said, what the hell is this in here for? So uh, for those uh, listeners who aren't familiar with race norming, um, they're, they're, the, the league is trying to, uh, you know, dust it under the, the carpet again, 
uh, after even getting exposed. But basically, it's this uh, it's this technique um, that they included on the testing for um, for seat or for uh, the concussion lawsuits. The players who were uh, qualified uh, for a possible settlement, money settlement. So they would have to go to uh, doctors uh, that were, who were assigned by the league officials, and uh, the doctors were told a certain criteria to look for in testing uh, to make sure that, you know, when they're talking about dementia or memory problems and all that stuff. So it, instead of the fair way, meaning that everybody, the white players, black players, were uh, given the same type of testing criteria, the black uh, players were were uh, kind of like uh, given the shaft because they were assumed to be uh, not as smart as the white players. So uh, their level of uh, 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 defect as far as like memory uh, uh, problems aren't going to be as severe as uh, as anyone who's white uh, from the very beginning. So use this scale when you have a black player and then use this scale when you have a white player. And then, so as a result, uh, more white players were getting uh, paid off uh, and qualified for their settlement, and then uh, several uh, black players were dismissed. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I heard a story once, if you don't mind me bringing it up, um, you know, uh, and I'm sure you don't because... Uh, <laughs> You're just as uncuffed as I am, you know, but you're, you're, you, you uh, majored in um, political science, so uh, I know you're going to keep it together all throughout. But anyway, I heard a story um, that uh, one of the players went to uh, their neuro neurologist appointment that was uh, set up by the league, and uh, the, they're getting, they're getting uh, tested on by a professional neurologist. Uh, the neurologist is basically uh, cutting things short. Uh, not asking the or not answering the questions that that player threw at that particular person, uh, like, uh, well, what about uh, this? What about the? Uh, uh, I'm experiencing this as well, um, and not only this, but I'm also experiencing this too. And I've read that there, this could be a sign of, of something else other than uh, just dementia, uh, other things as well. And um, every time that was brought up, this this neurologist would would change the subject. And uh, in the end, and then finished up the appointment like really quickly and said, oh, OK, um, without answering any questions or asking any questions about that dealt with the memory. They basically just uh, uh, tapped the, the, the player's leg, uh, checked the reflexes, looked in the eyes and stuff and said, OK, all right, that'll be it for today. And then before they left, it's like, well, what about these symptoms I brought up? <laughs> and then the neurologist said, well, I, I'm, I'm just told to look, look for these certain things. If you have those things, you should see a neurologist. <laughs> just like, I have not heard anything about that. But the thing was like, wait, wait, you're a neurologist. <laughs> I have not heard that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So, yeah, I, I, you know, we'll see what happens and stuff. Um, but in reality... A lot of the pot, the, one of the main reasons why I uh, uh, wanted to start up uh, K-Shed Uncuffed is because uh, there's subject matters out there that I believe need to be brought up. Um, and some of it are some that I'm sure you've been exposed to is like uh, suicides by some of the former players uh, like Junior Seau, who you obviously remember, and uh, you know some of the others, uh, uh, Rashan Salam, who I play with, is another one who killed himself uh, after suffering severe uh, mental problems and um, memory lapses and stuff like that. So I'd like to be able to bring awareness to the table. Well, I think it's terrific that you are doing that. Um, I think and this is something I've spoken to over the years. Not only should players be taken care of when they are on the field, players should be taken care of after their careers are over. And I hope that the league more resources into taking care of the men who have played the game. Yes, ma'am. Um, I appreciate those words. Thank you, Amy. Hey, before we uh, wrap it up, um, kind of want to hear a review of what you thought of uh, Just Win. But before, um, I just want to let you know that at first I was going to say, hey, let me, uh, let me ask uh, Amy to keep it uh, you know, to be nice or whatever, but no, let's let's hear the unfiltered uh, breakdown of what you thought of the of the 
treatment that was sent to you? Oh, I didn't know we were going to discuss that publicly. Uh, I will tell you, I did read it, of course. You asked me to read it, and I did read it. Yeah. And I guess I will say this. Number, number one, um, first and foremost, I understand there are a lot of treatments of that, if, like that, of that nature in the works. So I don't believe that is the only oh. such treatment out there. Okay. So you may want to advise your friend to sort of speed up the process so his treatment is... Mm. reviewed before the others because I believe a lot of the others are Uh-oh. and I will say this I, I just I think they've been swirling for a while uh-huh. um, it's very hard for me to read something like that uh-huh. objectively you know when you spend almost 30 years which is the amount of time I spent with the Raiders when you spend almost 30 years immersed in something someone can write the most extraordinary mm. um, accurate interesting treatment but it just resonates differently when you were there. Now, obviously, a lot of the treatment occurred well before I got there because I may be old, but I'm not that old. Um, <laughs> but I do think if it's a treatment that, that you and your friend want to go forward with, you need to move quickly because I believe there's a lot of others out there. Wow. I, that was exactly what I was needing to hear, you well, know. Get, chop, chop, come on. Get, <laughs> uh, yes, ma'am. Um, you know, obviously it's not my, it's not my project. It's not, I don't, I don't, um, I just help promote and try to get it in the right place, but I have my own, uh, screenplay and story ideas that, that I'm focused on, but I will 100%. Well, I can't wait to read those. Oh. I cannot wait for those. I try to, I try to keep it funny and, um, you know, and, and I'll, I'll send you a couple of, of our projects and stuff that, that, that Sounds we're, great. that we're putting, we're putting together. And I, I look forward to everything that you have going on. God, man, you are so fun to watch uh, with, uh, with, with the Big Three League, and you just make it look easy. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, be- before, be- actually, before we go, um, do you have any, like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, because I never, I, when, whenever I remember seeing you at work, I never thought of you anything other than a highly qualified, very strong personality uh, uh, you know, CEO, uh, top executive of a NFL team. Um, uh, with the new hire in Oakland, Miss um, Sandra uh, Mor- Morgan, uh, I, I, she sounds like she's going to be well off and she's going to do her job uh, very, very well. Um, you know, I mean, do you have any, like, advice for her? I'm not going to offer her any advice because I don't believe she needs my advice. I, love I will that. offer the following. I wish her all the very best for success. She is clearly extremely well qualified for the job. She spent years with Covington and Burling, which is the law firm that has represented the NFL for decades and decades and decades. So she's not only qualified in terms of being a lawyer, but having that background and that insight into that relationship. She, of course, spent time as the head of, and I apologize, I don't remember what it was called, the Gaming Board or the Gaming Commission, but in Nevada. So she knows that aspect of the business, which is increasingly important and an increasingly big part of the business. She's from Las Vegas. She knows that market. She is so well qualified for the job that she needs no advice whatsoever from me other than my best wishes for success. I love that. Boom, Amy. Fantastic words and stuff. So I want to. I will just tell you, I'm thrilled to be back in contact with you and I look forward to staying in touch. Yes, ma'am. Hey, I got two daughters. Thank you for what you bring to the table and that uh, you're a fantastic role model, okay? You have a great. Thank you and thank you for being, as we now know the expression, a girl dad. Thank Uh, you for encouraging your daughters to dream and to pursue their dreams. Amy Trask, everybody. You have a good weekend, okay? All right, you too. Take care, Take Amy. Care. All right, bye. Wow. <laughs> wow, I'm like blown away. That 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 went way beyond my expectations of of of, uh, of an interview. Um, I just I just uh, blown away by by that lady and what she brings to the table. Um, she hasn't changed a bit, and um, you know. We're going to take a break, and then when K-Shed on Cuffs comes back, we're going to wrap it up, and then we're going to uh, ease into the weekend, and then look forward to next week when we come on back. K-Shed Uncuffed.
Okay, shed. You know what? I, I, I'm like blown away right now. It's, it was such uh, a pleasure to have uh, Amy on. Um, she is as solid as they come. Uh, very, very bright girl. And just I'm just going over everything she said. It was so well thought out and very clear where she's coming from. And, um, you know, uh, father of two uh, amazing girls, um, those are the type of people who I want them to be able to kind of look at and say, yeah, I, I get it. I'm going to follow your lead. No one's going to tell me different. I'm not going to let anybody get in my way. Um, if there's something I want, I'm going to get it myself. Uh, that means so much for a father um, and, and just kind of like a, uh, my oldest daughter, this is, she's coming in her senior year. And, you know, she has the whole world in front of her. I know everybody says that about their kids, but um, I'm at that point now where I get a chance to see it live. And uh, uh, the other day, uh, we picked up her letter bench uh, jacket. And it's, this thing is like, like a work of art. Uh, class president, uh, uh, three-year letterman in uh, this sport, uh, track, uh, you know, she's on the dance team, all these different uh, accolades and medals and all that. And uh, what's the, the another thing that's both beautiful is that her younger sister loves to be able to wear it because I know that she's envisioning herself the day when she gets to get her own and, um, and she's going to do exactly uh, the same thing uh, that her sister did um, when it's her turn. I got two very, very, very strong uh, baby girls and stuff. Um, Mom was a fantastic uh, uh, mother to them, so obviously they're going to grow up to be well, uh, well, just well off, I guess. And it's it's great to kind of see. So having having a type of interview like I just had, um, um, it just it, it's. It, it's, it's so many different levels of just appreciation. Um, and uh, this was a good one. I, you know, so I look forward to my next uh, guest that we're going to have. Uh, I think people are going to be blown away by all the different things that they're going to be learning and hearing from some of the guests that we have in the future as well. And we're just going to keep it going. Uh, thank you guys for everything you're doing. Support sounds like that uh, this podcast is, is doing some good things out there. And um, let's keep doing it, all right? K-Shed, out.